do 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 that seems fine ah welcome ambush to episode three of the stripes our bonus show here on the desert tiger podcast and welcome to episode three of the Desert Tiger Podcast vlog. That's right, we're combining them this week as we're going to be jumping into my love of wrestling. And why are we doing that? Well, actually, I plan on doing an Ask uh, Me Anything slash Frequently Asked Questions episode here in the very near future of the podcast. And one of the questions that I had written down or had been asked frequently that I was thinking about answering on that episode, which I'm hoping to release in April. So if you guys have questions for it, let me know, put them in the questions, send them to me on email at uh, desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com. That's an option to do that or hit us up at Twitter at desert tiger podcast or me at Colton G. We can, all of those options work. All of those got options work and you can get your questions in for that. But like I said, today for Stripes and for the Desert Tiger vlog number three, we're going to be diving into my love of wrestling a little bit because I feel that if I was to answer that inside of an AMA, that's going to take a, that's going to take a lot of time to actually answer if I want to answer it properly. So I figured I would combine the two, and then in the vlog, I'm just going to throw in some pictures and a few other things, and then it also gives you a little bit of a inside look at what my dumbass looks like when I'm recording the audio portions of the Desert Tiger podcast, mainly those idiotic uh, intro rolls, mid-rolls, and end rolls, where I get super excited and hyped up and... Yeah, it's all... It, the hand motions, it's all about it, the expression... It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. So, lately, like I said, I've been frequently getting asked, where um, did my love of wrestling begin? And why did I decide to get inside of the wrestling business as a referee? And why specifically did I want to be a referee? Well, like all kids, no kid usually wants to grow up being a referee. I wanted to be a wrestler. But for that to happen, I had to fall in love with wrestling, and that happened back in Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, my dad wasn't really much of a fan of the wrestling culture or the wrestling scene. My mom, uh, some of her family was a bit into wrestling. I actually found out recently just how much is my grandma told me that her mom actually would keep track of like all the heights, the towns, and the weights. Um, of every wrestler that would come on TV, like every time she was watching, she kept it in a book. I would, I really hope that that can be found some days because I would love to get my hands on it and just to see who exactly she was watching and maybe who she was a fan of. So anyway, um, the wrestling introduction really came when my mom met my stepdad, Paul. Paul is... Well, Paul taught me most of a lot of the things. He gave me my work ethic. He uh, helped to nurture my love of music. He's part of the reason why I ended up in music lessons. 
and well he also helped introduce me more into wrestling him and his family specifically his mom were incredibly big wrestling fans and yeah like his mom who we would call mama edna as we got to know her a bit better and all of her other grandchildren would call her mama edna too so i'm very honored to have had that opportunity and you're gonna find out why because she plays a very important part of the story but anyway paul would sort of begin to introduce us into wrestling and that's sort of where my memories of wrestling start to begin is with my stepdad paul and that probably would have been about 1997 1996 maybe um around this time i remember that there was the uh like bret hart and the hart foundation were going up against steve austin and it was canada versus the u.s and i remember that like steve austin even though he was like super cool and everything else or is becoming to be get super cool at that time but he represented the united states so at that time like the united states was huge against him but in canada like bret hart was the man so everybody really really loved bret hart specifically like my family uh they really loved the canadian wrestlers that you would see on tv and WWF was really like the only product that really seemed to be on our TV. Like I didn't even really know that WCW really existed. And you're going to find out later on when I get into like, I didn't know who Sting was until TNA. I didn't know who Eric Bischoff was until he went to the WWE. Was it the WWE at that time? I can't even remember. But either way, like that's that was my introduction to who Eric Bischoff was, like a major figure inside of the wrestling world so it took me a little while to get into it but i remember yeah my early memories were the canada versus usa um the screw job the screw job definitely and then the rise of steve austin after that and i remember i remember this specifically because you know like i said very big fans of canada and then suddenly brett's gone and then the person who screwed over brett is getting clowned on by steve austin or steve like steve austin is making vince look like a clown so suddenly you see my grandmother become this giant fan of steve austin and it was freaking awesome um one of my other early memories of wrestling is actually one of the sadder ones i remember coming home one day i believe it was from school and I remember my mom uh, watching like the news clips about the Owen Hart incident. I remember that's one of my very first wrestling history incidents too. So I didn't really get to watch much of Owen's wrestling much until I grew up. And thanks to YouTube, I don't have the network. I live in Canada. You need to have like a cable provider in order to get the network in Canada. And I don't pay for cable. Come on now. So basically, I just watch the Japanese matches and the Stampede matches on YouTube, baby. Because that's, that's where it's at. So yeah, like I said, I barely watched WCW. I didn't even watch ECW. But a lot of the people who I was talking to at school and stuff were saying that like, oh man, Sting's the greatest. And talking all about ECW and like Rob Van Dam and everybody's telling me Rob Van Dam is so cool and like I became a giant fan of Rob Van Dam later on or 
Rob Van Dam later on once I actually like got into the world of wrestling but I didn't even know who half of these characters were and I didn't even know where Bret Hart actually really went to because nobody told me and I guess I never asked enough to find out but I didn't really know where Bret Hart went until WCW NWO Revenge came out I was playing it on a friend's N64 I think it was my friend Cortland where it is in his basement, we were playing the game, and I was like, man, who's this Sting guy with a bat? He's really cool, and Bret Hart! It's Bret Hart! I, yeah, it was really fun just to suddenly see someone who was I was a fan of suddenly like, oh, wow, this is where he ended up. And by then, I think um, my love of wrestling maybe was starting to taper a little bit, but I remember that my mama would tape pay-per-views for us uh, all the time because... It's a lot cheaper if one person buys it and tapes it, and then you tape trade. Obviously, anyone who was in the tape trading scene knew that. Well, my tape trading scene being stuck on a farm in the middle of nowhere was my stepdad's mom, who just loved me more than anything, I guess. Uh, she loved her boys. She loved her boys, and most of like the people that she loved the most also became like really big wrestling fans at different points. I remember my cousin Adam. His nickname was once the Hammer. I remember Adam was really big into John Cena. I hated John Cena when Adam was big into him. I remember he had his album. And I, uh, I was always just like, nah, man, Jeff Hardy's way cooler. Nah, man, Kurt Angle's way cooler. Nah, it's all that sort of stuff. I, I used to hate, but I mean, when you've got that many years on top, I eventually learned to respect the fact that that takes a lot of time and hard work and dedication to one's craft in order to pull that off. So mad ups to John Cena. And Adam, I'm sorry for shitting on your love for John Cena for so many years because that's just unfair. I remember uh, my cousin Randy. We would like wrestle around with him quite a bit. Uh, his nickname was Chief, um, for those of you who don't know. Uh, Mama and part of her family is Native American, so Randy, Chief, was his nickname, and he's he's a big boy. Big boy, he can tussle. He used to call me Wimbly all the time. Uh, sorry. Usually I cut out my water breaks during podcasts, but because this is video, we're probably gonna keep that one in there. Anyway, yeah. So I remember getting tapes of pay-per-view. We didn't get all of them from her but I remember like specific ones I remember SummerSlam and the first TLC and that's probably where I became started to become like a giant fan of tag team wrestling and that was one of my biggest uh fandoms of the time was the tag team scene especially the three teams that like were the main uh teams of that time of the TLC of course the tables you have the Dudleys the ladders you have the Hardys the chairs you've got Edge and Christian I loved the Hardy Boys. I loved the Dudleys. Um, even though Edge and Christian were Canadian, for some reason, just because they were, like, hockey kids and, like, I don't know, I had a problem with hockey kids. I got bullied a little bit when I was younger. So, like, the fact that they remind me of, like, bully hockey kids, I was just like, ah, man, why you guys always hating? And why you guys always got to be a pain in everybody's ass and, like, be pranking everybody? Looking back on it now, it's incredible what they were able to achieve, and I love both of them, especially like watching Christian and TNA later on, but 
just those teams and especially other teams around that time, like Too Cool with Rikishi just doing their dancing and uh, the APA, uh, Testin Albert, just lots of really cool tag teams of that time that were really involved and just always seemed to have a storyline like the APA and like the poker tables and everybody always just like having to go to the sketchy part of the backstage that they just seemed to have take over and just like started smoking cigars in and somehow nobody could stop them because they're just the APA and like the badass brothers of just Bradshaw, Layfield, and freaking um, Ron Simmons. Oh, man. Oh, man. And then just falling in love with other wrestlers too. I remember my mama like also... Other than Stone Cold, I always remember her uh, yelling at The Rock, too. There's a lot, like, I remember there's days where she would hate on The Rock, and there's days where she would just love The Rock. And I remember my mom was a really big fan of The Rock, too. I remember I ended up uh, acquiring my copy of The Rock's biography from back in the day from my mom because she got it as a gift from my stepdad, I believe. I can't remember where she got it, but I know it ended up in my hands, and... I loved the read. I was also a very big fan of both the Stone Cold and the Rock, Kane and the Undertaker. Like, I loved wrestling. Like, I love wrestling right now, but I loved wrestling so much. Like, straight up, I thought Kane and the Undertaker were brothers. I thought Kane was like shoot burnt. I actually met a girl in grade school who had been burnt, and I was like, oh, what? So you're like, like that Kane guy on TV. And I actually compared her to Kane, and looking back, that's kind of a dick move, but like, how was I to know any better? How was I to know any better? The wool was completely over my eyes. Oh, man. Oh, man. I still, it's still real to me. It's still real to me every time I'm in the ring. It's beautiful. Uh, other wrestlers that I ended up falling in love with, Chris Jericho. Um, I remember Chris Jericho when he made his debut. I remember that specifically, and I remember uh, just the countdown and I remember just the hype and how hype I would get for Chris Jericho's countdown and the music too and the break the walls down, down, down. oh my oh. yeah I gotta take a second to stop and talk about entrance music my goodness entrance music because Rob Van Dam Rob Van Dam had awesome entrance music I actually just watched a, a TLC match with him and Jeff Hardy when they combined the European and the Intercontinental Championships. Uh, the first minute of the match contained like wrestling and no ladders, so that was cool. <laughs> I love TLCs. I love TLCs. And like now that I'm actually in the business, we're going to get into like how crazy that sort of stuff is later on. But right now, we're jumping into the love of it. So yeah, like I said... Chris Jericho, I fell in love with Hurricane Helms, the whole superhero character, and just how awesome I thought that was. Um, I didn't really get like an int introduction to Ric Flair either until he came to WWE. Two um, thousand and one, I think it was two thousand and one when he did the storyline where he bought out uh, Stephanie McMahon and. Uh, Shane McMahon for WCW and ECW and then because he was like a conglomerate or something I can't remember what word they used but basically he bought out the other sections of them and he was in a partner with Vince McMahon and that was actually my introduction to Ric Flair 
So, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I didn't even know who he really was until 2001, which blows my mind looking at it now. I quickly became a fan of Ric Flair, and then just because of my fandom of Ric Flair, like, Evolution, even though they're, like, mostly heels most of the time, and I would hate on them as much as I possibly could, but just, like, through extension of my love of Ric Flair, I would learn to love Batista and eventually randy orton and just like i don't know i've always had a thing for just like when i was a kid triple h was one of those people that i was always just like man i hate triple h because i love uh everyone else that he's wrestling against all the time and another tape that i remember getting that i remember watching over and over and over and over again was that armageddon where they had the six-way hell in a cell with triple h in stone cold and the rock and rikishi and oh man oh man uh falling in love with mick foley uh chris benoit um and then eventually like i said i didn't really get have like alternatives when i was growing up so once tna ended up on spike suddenly i had alternative wrestling and then as soon as like some of the other people like started to disappear from wwe like kurt angle and stuff was oh this is where they ended up so that was like tna was when i got introduced to sting and i grew up as a big fan of the likes of aj styles and some like oh joe and the entire like x division scene and just so much of what was going on inside of tna because spike was one of the prominent channels and actually on uh, the satellite package that we had, we had Spike, but we didn't have the channel that carried Raw. We had the channel that carried SmackDown in Canada. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. But so basically, like some of the times I didn't get to watch Raw. I mostly watched SmackDown and I got to watch a lot of TNA. So I fell in love with that aspect of wrestling and Eventually, over time, I was in high school, so TNA on Spike was 2005. That probably was about 2005, 2006? I'm not sure. Uh, but I remember that I would watch it back then, and I remember that I would also watch it when I went to my dad's house at the time. And then, I don't know if it was just because like wrestling isn't considered cool in high school or like to the people that I was trying to be friends with like I said before I was kind of bullied I was kind of uh, somebody who had trouble fitting in um, a lot when I was younger so the fact that I was someone that played Pokemon going into grade 9 the fact that I was someone who watched wrestling going into grade 9 grade 10 um, wasn't exactly something that was the coolest uh aspects of life so and i also started playing basketball in grade nine and i love basketball too i really love basketball but i, I only played basketball for four years my career didn't go very far i wasn't exactly dedicated to uh my craft i definitely wasn't you know stephen curry or ray allen shooting hundreds and hundreds of shots and like not just shooting hundreds of shots, having to make hundreds of shots before you're even willing to play a game. Like, that's that's the next level, and that's, like, the same dedication that it takes to stay on the top, like John Cena, you know? So, anyway, I fell in love with basketball. I started to 
like fall out with wrestling except for like in video game form um i remember we had one of the wrestlemania games i believe for gamecube and um royal rumbles were something that i could get my sisters to play with me so we'd play royal rumbles a lot and then i would take it over to my friend's house too and we'd play a lot of tlc matches like i said i love tlc's man they're so freaking intense my goodness I love Elimination Chamber. I love Hell in a Cell. I know some people don't like gim- gimmick matches, but like <sighs> special event stuff, I don't know what it is. It just gets me hype. Like just that special edge. Like even table matches, even though it's just like you got to put someone through a table and do that. Like the story that you can tell with that. I love the storytelling aspect of wrestling. I love the storytelling aspect of wrestling. My goodness. So. What other what other reasons did I fall out of wrestling? Um, I became a drinker. I became a heavy drinker. Um, I started focusing more on um other things too. Partying, obviously, goes hand in hand with drinking. Uh, <laughs> just uh trying to fit in more. Uh, like I said before, was definitely an aspect in why I fell out of my love with wrestling. Um, I wouldn't say I fell out of my love. It's just like I stopped watching. And um, also my mama stopped watching. Uh, Her husband, uh, my Papa Jake, ended up passing away. And like I would still ride my bike over to her house every now and then. But like we just didn't watch wrestling anymore. And... I think that was also a big part of it too because and this is getting into why I got back into wrestling and I'm going to try as hard as I can not to get emotional here but um a big reason of why I feel that I came back to wrestling was losing my mom that uh in 2015 um December, my mama Edna would pass away. This was a year and like a week after my accident. Um, I've spoken about my accident in previous episodes. I was really trying to keep this a positive episode. We're going to keep this positive as much as we possibly can. So anyway, this was a year after my accident where I acquired PTSD. I spoke about it in a previous episode of the Desert Tiger podcast. Um, long story short, I got hit by a 10,000 pound object that fell off of a failing, uh, chain hoist on a crane. I almost got killed. Things happen. Uh, so coming out of that a year later, um, I lost my mom, Edna, and it made me feel like a really, really bad grandson because I saw her the day before she passed away. Like, And I don't even know how many other times I saw her in the three years before she passed away. Um, I don't have a good excuse. We lived inside the same city. Uh, like, Like I said, I felt like shit. I felt like shit. And probably rightfully so, because I... It was an easy job for me to reach out for her, but I did take as much of the effort as I possibly could to see her at that last opportunity and 
I don't know, at the time, too, I was kind of in a relationship that was falling apart. Long story short, the, the girl that I was dating decided not to come to the funeral with me, basically gave me a very small amount of emotional support. I shouldn't expect her to give me that emotional support, but if you're with someone and you lose someone important, like if that had happened to her, I would have dropped as much as I possibly have could, but things happen. I'm not blaming anybody. That's not what we're here to do. I'm just saying that I was in a bad state. I wasn't depressed for my PTSD. I was in a relationship that maybe wasn't exactly right for me. That's the way we have to word this. That's the way we have to word it. It wasn't exactly that maybe she was a terror. It's not her. It's that we probably weren't best for each other. That's the way that we're going to word this. So anyway, um, I fell out with her. I was supposed to get a place with her. I ended up moving in on my own. Um, at this time, this was recently after I had just joined Almost Alien as well, so part of this credit also goes to my boy band dad Brad. Um, Brad was telling us that we, as a band, needed to get on social media, and he definitely wasn't wrong. So I ended up downloading things like Twitter and other things, and I just ended up happening to follow like people like Matt Hardy. And this was probably about the time that, like, he was starting to do, like, the broken hearty stuff. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. He was starting to do, like, the broken hearty things. Um, this was also, like, right at the time that AJ Styles had debuted in WWE. Coming out at the Royal Rumble. Um, actually, I think that was what got me back. I think it was AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. Because I remember that Brad was also a big fan of AJ Styles, and I lost my mind at the fact that AJ came out, and I watched it on YouTube, and then I found out that WWE and Impact were putting free matches on YouTube, plus, like, indie promotions from, like, left, right, center, all over the friggin' world were putting matches onto YouTube, so suddenly I had a plethora of wrestling that was never at my hands. Suddenly, suddenly it's just here. Suddenly it's just here and I can watch full matches and I can see matches from the last few years, like probably the last decade or so, that I didn't actually really concentrate or focus on wrestling that much. So suddenly, like, we're getting into things. And then Brad tells me about Lucha Underground at the time they had their Netflix contract. So I started jumping into Lucha Underground and I fell in love with that because just, I had never seen the style before. Some people have their gripes about Lucha Underground. Some people love Lucha Underground. I, I don't know, like I'm a storytelling person. And then like just the way that they went about telling the stories, like it was like a cheesy eighties action movie that I would just fall in love with. And something about it just reminded me of like, like my childhood, except it was like up a notch, even though like the attitude era, like still, yeah, like go up a notch from that. But it's like, it's still, it was just like, it was just something else that like reconnected me to that suddenly i jumped into lucha underground and i fell in freaking love and i was just i was just watching as much as i could here and there um i mean touring as a musician like sometimes you can only watch so much and do other things you got to focus on 
the task at hand when it's there sometimes. So uh, I was watching on TV. Yeah, I didn't really go to any live shows, and I had never seen a live show up to this point. It wasn't until 2017. I have the date written down here. I told you I was going to try and look at this piece of paper as little as I possibly could. But anyway, yeah, so we have CWE with a tour that was headlined by ACH came to Regina at the uh, the exchange. It was at the exchange on the club side, and I remember this because I was in the crowd and Brad was at the bar. And I was like, what? Once again, fan dad Brad. Brad cool, baby. Always there. Just always seems to pop his head up somewhere in this wrestling journey, too. So, yes, that was my first live show. And I wasn't even, like, I was on the fence about going. Because, like, I'd seen a lot of live music. But I wasn't really sure if live wrestling was for me. I had no idea if live wrestling was for me at all and one of the dudes who was on the tour uh travis cole who i believe is wrestling in alberta right now who originally started wrestling out of winnipeg uh he ended up messaging me on facebook i understand how that goes as a touring musician sometimes you're just trying to hit up someone who's on that interested aspect just to try and get that get them over the ledge well it definitely worked and thank you travis cole because my goodness, I loved it. I loved it. It was amazing. It was freaking incredible when I found out that I knew someone else who was in the crowd and Brad was near the bar. I went and found Brad and me and Brad started losing it and we we're doing ACH chants and it was freaking epic. And I loved it so much that I found out that WWE was doing a uh, SmackDown tour. <coughs> That was going to be coming through, um, I believe the SmackDown tour went through Saskatoon. The SmackDown tour went to Saskatoon! So, SmackDown tour went to Saskatoon, and I needed to go there, and it was February 19th, 2017. And now was my time to see some of the people who I had been watching on TV. It was my time to see Dolph Ziggler. It was my time to see Kofi Kingston. I had become a big Apollo Crews fan. That was one of the people who I had jumped on. And at the time, he was actually facing Dolph, I think it was. Uh, we had, like, Dean Ambrose was in a triple threat match for the title that he was holding at the time. I think The Miz was in that match, too. I love The Miz. I have fallen in love with The Miz. and I started cheering The Miz. When he came out, and everybody who was around me, as soon as I started cheering for The Miz, immediately turned to me and started booing me. They started booing me. I loved it. And I took one of my best friends with me, uh, Justin K. Justin K is actually someone who I uh, became friends with in high school. We played on the grade 9 basketball team together. And on the grade 9 basketball team, he happened to see Chris Jericho in a guitar magazine that I was reading at the time that happened to be featuring Fozzie in it. So that's how I found out he was a wrestling fan, is Fozzie. So anyway, I ended up asking him to come to friggin' SmackDown with me. We had a freaking blast, once again, so much of a blast that we ended up buying tickets to go see WWE Raw on October 14th, later in 2017. 
um, we were actually, I was set to move to Kamloops that month and I had, I demanded that we had to wait till after the 14th because I had already bought my tickets and I was not selling them. I was not selling them. I had to go and see WWE live. I had good tickets. It was in Regina and I actually even bought tickets for two of my buddy Justin's younger brothers. Because, I don't know, we just decided that, like, it was something that connected us and, like, something that we had been fans of for so long and we loved it so much. And he said his younger, one of his younger brothers was a fan. So I was like, well, he's coming to. And, I mean, we bought one ticket for him. So if we're going to buy a ticket for him, we might as well bring his other brother. So we brought two of them. And they had a freaking blast. This was after I shattered my wrist. All right, so how do we transition this into me getting as a wrestler? Well, in the summer of 2017, Almost Alien was starting to uh, wrap up a little of a few things. We were going to be going on a little bit of like a hiatus breaky thing. And basically, uh, at the time, like I said, I was falling in love with wrestling. So I ended up messaging a local wrestling promotion. They never got back to me. But like two weeks after I emailed that wrestling promotion, I ended up shattering my wrist, which is like pretty good now. And all is uh, well. So um, basically, I ended up like joining a couple Facebook friends or groups that Brad was a part of. And through those Facebook groups, I ended up becoming friends with an Alberta wrestler. Um, I happened to be traveling to Alberta for a show that Al Snow happened to be going on, and I happened to message him and say, hey, like, I'm going to be coming to town. Um, are you going to be on the card? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be on the card. And he actually happened to see, like, in the group that I had interest, and I had asked a few questions previously in the group. So he told me, he's like, well, would you be possibly interested in refing? Because, like, after I shattered my wrist, I didn't feel like I was, like, very... I didn't feel very confident in picking somebody up and slamming somebody and jumping off of a top rope and doing stuff, you know, especially as someone who's into a really intense style of matches. I didn't really feel that it was safe. So as someone who at the time probably weighed about 120 pounds and had just come off of a shattered wrist, I felt like being a ref was possibly like one of the best things for me like that or a ring announcer. But the promotion that he was working for or happened to have a very fresh ring announcer. He is now a wrestler known as the Canadian Goose. He is Kyle Shaw. He's doing actually really cool. I think he just won a tag team championship out in RCW. Well, basically, um, because they had that, they figured, well, there's more ratches. Maybe we can get you in a ref. So I borrowed a ref shirt off of... Um, Scott Justice's wife, Kaya Marsh, those are their working names. Um, basically, I borrowed her refing shirt and they got me in on a few matches. It was epic. It was incredible. It was amazing. And I fell in love. It would take me a while to get back into the wrestling business, but that that happens. It, like that was January of 2018. I didn't really get back into the ring until September of 2019, 
And since September of 2019, it has been a freaking blast. Oh my god. Um, I have wrapped, I just updated my ref list today. So far, I have refed 45 matches. This year, I've refed like 20 matches alone, and it's only March. I've done eight events this year alone, and it's I'm learning so much. There's so much for me to learn, um, even just as a referee, like being the best referee I possibly can be. Like I said, I wanted to be a wrestler at first, but like... I got into it because I was afraid of an injury and just doing that refing, just like that few times in RCW, it gave me such a respect for what the ref does as a part of this team, you know? So just seeing um, how a ref like adds to a match and just how much you actually have to think about and... Like, just how much is actually going on, and, like, because you can sit there, and you can yell at the ref, and you can tell him something, but when you're in the heat of the moment, my goodness, it's an entirely different world. It's an entirely different world, and, like, even as someone who's performed on stage as a musician, like, there's similarities, but there's complete and total differences, because, like, as a ref, that was the first time I've ever been booed. That was the first time I've ever been, like, fully booed by an entire crowd but it was invigorating it it was enthralling it was exciting it made me happy but it's really really messed up it's kind of a little bit messed up but like it was perfect and like i wasn't sure if it would feel the same when i got back into the ring i was a little afraid to get back into the ring and like I don't know, I only did one match that like in a show in Vernon, and I got to work with Brett Como, The Black Dragon, and Davey Deals, and it just ignited it again. It's It just, it felt like home, and not very many places feel like home for a kid who kind of uh, left home as soon as he possibly could at 17, and has kind of been kicked out a few times and maybe has been homeless and lived in his truck for a small period of time. So, like, the feeling of, like, belonging somewhere isn't something that I necessarily knew for a very, very long time. And... It it suddenly felt that way again. And it was perfect. It was absolutely freaking perfect. I love it. I love it again. And let's end this off with, I learned just how intense freaking ladder matches are. I learned just how intense goddamn wrestling is. My God, I used to practice like swanton bombs on my freaking trampoline. I would like, I am paranoid to even like climb up to the top rope and jump off onto my feet, dog. That ring hurts. That ring hurts, yo. Getting hit by wrestlers hurts. My goodness. They bring it. They bring it. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing fake about this world. Oh my goodness. I've been punched in the face a few times. I've been kneed. I have been splashed in all of them. 
all of them very real. And something that is also very real is the ladder match. I have finally worked my first ladder match at the beginning of February. And oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. As someone who always like thought like, man, I want to do that one day. I would love to do that one day. Watching Braden Goss and Ace Redmond Jr., who like just for even doing that match, certified badasses, certified badasses, straight up. Because like, how do you? Oh, I was the ref on the outside of the ring, and even just like watching the ladders just shaking, and oh, oh man, I was paranoid just like watching them. Like my heart was racing watching these two guys on top of the ladder like kicking at each other and ace freaking fell off of a rope and through a table and it was a battle they they brought it they absolutely brought it and it just like it i just learned more and more ways to just respect this business every single day it is it is just intense it's incredible it's oh it's everything I thought it would be, and just so much more. <laughs> For something that, like, was a love, like, back when I was a kid, like, I can say now, like, I love wrestling. Love it. With an absolute passion. So if you guys are listeners of the podcast, who maybe haven't checked out the vlog yet, maybe you want a little bit of visual representation, maybe you want a little bit of pictures, so you can see a little bit of the people that I'm talking about and a little bit of the stories that I'm telling. Um, maybe you guys are a little bit more of visual uh, aspects too. The people who maybe are tuning into the podcast, well, you can definitely go and check out the vlog and that's part of why we're combining things this week. Um, if you're somebody who likes the video aspect of the world, thank you for checking this out. If you haven't checked out the podcast yet, uh, we're nearing episode 100 soon. I believe we're going to be having a Juno nominee on the show soon. We're going to be having a local Cameroon's rap artist on the show soon. We've had like platinum uh, pop artists on the show recently. We've had like hardcore bands. We, we do all sorts of stuff. Um, all of these videos are actually like all the audio is available on our YouTube too. But it's a lot harder and it takes a lot more data. To stream the YouTube, especially if you're driving, having the podcast is definitely a great way to go about this as well. So, um, I really thought I could tell this story in a lot quicker time, in a lot quicker time. But like I said, this is why we didn't do it in an AMA. This is why we didn't do it in an AMA. I actually wanted to go into detail about why I love wrestling, and I know that there's probably a ton of details that I've missed, that I could have covered, that I can totally get into at some other time. But that's that's exactly what that's for. That's for another time. And I'm just, hey, I'm just thankful for the opportunity that I get to uh, work inside of the wrestling industry. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm incredibly thankful for the opportunity that my mom happened to meet someone who loves her more than I have ever seen any other human being love my mother and that's what I told him when I gave her away at his at their wedding 
years back. I'm incredibly grateful for his family for accepting me and bringing me into this world that they loved. Now we are here. I love it. This year, I plan on refing over 100 matches and over 100 events. Right now, we're at 8 events and we're at 20-some matches. So we're on pace. We're on pace to make this happen. And we're going to pass it. We're going to do even better. So I hope that you guys join me along for the journey. We're going to include you inside some of that. We're going to include you in some other things as well. Until next time. Bye-bye.